Welcome one and all to Vision on Sound here on Fab Radio International with me, Martin Holmes. We don't often deal with all that much outrage in the generally cosy world of Vision on Sound, where often the most controversial opinion I make is about whether a 50-year-old television series is still acceptable for modern viewing, how certain shows came to be wiped, or disagreeing with my guests as to whether certain TV shows can be considered to be absolute rubbish or not, or whether we should perhaps only award that dubious accolade to anything produced in the last 10 years or so. Equally, we don't often consider much in the way of modern or recent television to come under what we loosely call our watching brief. And yet, because a certain recent ITV television drama has been causing a lot of discussion, and indeed outrage, I felt that we couldn't really ignore it for 20 years in the hope that it might become worthy of our attention. So, having already borrowed and devoured his copy of the book The Great Post Office Scandal by Nick Wallace, I invited Sandy McGregor back onto the show to have a chat about the implications of the recently broadcast powerful four-part drama series Mr Bates vs the Post Office, the story of what has been called one of the biggest miscarriages of justice in British history, written by Gwyneth Hughes and directed by James Strong, which starred Toby Jones alongside Monica Dolan and Julie Hesmond Haug as some of the little people doggedly and determinedly producing justice by taking on the post office in a two-decade battle to clear the names of over 500 of his fellow sub-postmasters in a story which, finally, largely because of the broadcast of this production, has rightly been front and centre in the news agenda. And whilst neither of us can claim any insights or personal involvement with the story, other than having taken a keen interest in it and reading rather a lot about it, as well as discussing the series itself, our discussion does try to consider the power of television to occasionally make great positive changes happen. So we do briefly consider some of the surprisingly few other TV shows that can claim to have actually changed lives, and wonder just why it is that an important news story such as this somehow failed to make the same kind of impact in documentary form as it managed to as a drama series, and whether in future that might be the only way any of us are likely to get the rest of the population to take much interest in some of the important things that are happening, but which remain largely ignored. So, why don't I just fire up those Fab Radio International time engines and travel back mm, three weeks ago to consider a story a regrettable two decades and more in the making. computer system post office spent an arm and a leg on is faulty. No one else has ever reported any problems with Horizon. No one. You're responsible for the loss. I haven't got that money and I don't know where it's gone. These deficits were most likely caused by you. That is the post office case. All our hopes, all our savings down the pan. That was a lie, actually. We are fighting a war against an enemy owned by the British government, while we're just skint little people. This is about the reputation of the post office. It's not, it's about people's lives, you moron. Finally, 555 of us now. 
ready to tell our stories. Hello there, Sandy. How the heck are you? I'm very well, Martin. How are you? I am fine. It's been a while, Sandy. It's been a while since we did one of these, so we'll see how it goes. (laughs) But over the last few weeks, I was talking to you about a book I was looking for, and you said, oh, I've got that. (laughs) (laughs) And you lent it me. Now, the book was related. It's uh, Nick Wallace's book, The Great Post Office Scandal, which is related to a a drama that's been on recently, which seems to have kind of hit the public pulse, doesn't it? It seems to have got the public sort of motivated. Yeah, it certainly has. It's a a return to linear TV, isn't it? Mm, Indeed. This is Mr. Bates versus the Post Office, starring uh, Toby Jones, which was run in the first week of January on ITV. It's an ITV drama. It's a new ITV drama, and we're going to talk about it on the show, which is kind of... It's not normally what we do, but I, I think there are significant elements to do with this, which yep. kind of sit in. But let's start at the beginning. The book, you've been following the story for several years, as I have, because I read Private Eye. This story was made into a drama, four-part drama, shown yep. stripped across a week on ITV. And basically, the interesting thing about it is that people who've known about this story, this story's been going on for 20 years, hasn't it? It and has, yeah. A lot of people, certainly since it came to light in 2009, have been aware of it. And even the fact it's been on the news seems to have... It seems to have passed a lot of people by, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah, it's quite amazing. A story that has, you know, has had a fair degree of coverage. You know, there are Mm. panorama documentaries on it. Mm. There's books written on it. The book, Mm. in fact, I believe was serialised in uh, the Daily Mail. Bloody hell. When it came out. And that's like, you know, it's like when people say, you know, why has this not been covered? It has been covered, Mm. you know. Well, there was a 10-part radio series, wasn't there, on on Radio 4? I know know necessarily the ITV viewing public and the Radio 4 listeners maybe (laughs) don't have as much crossover as we might think. But obviously, I, I just think sometimes, you know, people either just switch off the news and oh i don't i'm not interested or they watch the first few bits of the news or the news itself gets so wrapped up in the dramas of westminster or some big yeah. war story that the stories that are later in the news people don't get to yeah because it wouldn't have been the headline story but it was certainly an important story yeah uh i mean was it was that a headline story when the uh they won the uh the reprieve the yeah, the reprieve. The, yeah the kind of uh mm. Basically, you know, when he said this is the greatest miscarriage of justice mm. in British history, we're pretty... I think we pretty. sleepwalk. As a nation, we tend to sleepwalk. I mean, there's... Yeah. A lot of people have actually said that if this is the kind of impact a four-part drama can have, why on earth aren't we doing four-part dramas about all the other rubbish that the government have been getting away with for the last yeah. 20 years? Or, or, or 10 you years, know, or there, are, there are other suitably horrendous stories that yes. are going on, you know, mm. as we speak, like the, the blood contamination thing, mm. which is, you know, horrendous. Mm. But I think it's the, the beauty of the TV drama is mm. that you can present, rather than having something drip, 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 mm. or, you know, big splash, big splash, big mm. splash, because it is given to you in a bite-sized, or a kind of, a kind of it tells you the whole story. Or the story so far mm. in a mm. TV drama, which doesn't really happen mm. in the news. 
Because in the news, it's like you see a bit of something and then it's the, the pandas and whatever, mm. or there'll be some other Westminster mm. thing to go at. But here you go, okay, we're going to look at this horrendous thing mm. that is being done to these people mm. and we're going to present it in very human terms. Mm. I think know, that's the, the difference, isn't it? It's It's actually when you are dramatically engaged with the people and you know to be fair what television drama does it it can put the sad music on it can put all the other elements the writing can make it appeal in such a way that you you understand you empathize if you like with what's going on yes but what fascinated me i mean because you you lent me the book i read it I mean, it's a 500 page book i read it in two days flat <laughs> which is un, unheard of for me these days but the, that beats my record by 24 hours, Martin. I think well, it took me three days. <laughs> it's, but it's a, it's a book you do devour. I mean, I thought I was... I mean, the first sort of couple of pages, I thought, well, I'm going to struggle with this because it's it's going to be about computer language and all this kind of thing. I'm really not going to get there. And, and you get into the actual story that's being told. You actually... You start to get the pieces of the jigsaw coming together and you just can't put it down. You, it's, yeah. it's an incredible incredible piece of writing but i was sat there thinking because when i was reading the book the drama was actually being broadcast it was about yeah. the same mm. time and and like i say the I, I just sort of i was reading this going how on earth are they going to adapt how on earth are they going to tell this in only four hours there's so yeah. much going on mm. and i think the interesting thing about television drama is it does actually it can take the key points so there is a lot more to the story that we don't get in the drama but yeah. actually the key narrative thrust of the drama sort yeah. of gives you it helps you engage with it in a way that maybe a news item maybe a, a documentary or maybe a an in-depth probe by panorama a lot of people just switch off panorama because it's current affairs people yeah. i think I, I worry that people aren't interested in current affairs in that way. It's just, you know, I want another drama. I want another um, mm. reality show. I want another yeah. entertainment yeah. show. And we don't actually engage as much with these kinds of shows. I mean, back in the day, Granada used to do World in Action every week, didn't they? World yeah. in Action was a great series. But it, if it wasn't the kind of thing you watched, you didn't, well, mm -hmm. you didn't really engage with those stories. And sometimes these stories got covered in those programmes... And again, people, I just, I'm absolutely gobsmacked as how unaware people can be of a story yeah. like this. Mm. Yeah, it's, you know, people, something should be done about it. You know, there's a, there's a kind of a statutory inquiry going on, mm. which, you know, you can watch the YouTube channel of mm. it. It's at the same time as the COVID one, which people are more aware of. Mm. You know, I suppose if it affects you personally, you are likely to, aren't yes. you? Yes, yes. Yeah. So it's, yeah. Yeah, World in Action back in the day, in a way, was a lot more hard hitting than Panorama mm. for me. Yeah, you know, it kind of it was much more uh, the kind of the, the undercover stuff, really mm. focusing, really shining a light on mm. something that need to be the public needed to be aware of. But do you think that the the era of the investigative journalist, especially the television investigative journalist, seems to have passed, or do we just not as viewers? relate to investigative journalism in the same way do we switch off from the news mm. is the new i mean the news has become in the last 20 years it's become this rolling news monster it's become yeah. this 24-hour agenda and yet somehow people are not engaging with it as much yeah. is it or, or is it just that we don't remember i think that's, that's very true because in the old days, it used to be, you know the nine o'clock news and the bbc mm. and the 10 o'clock news mm. and that was when you consumed news 
And there were only three or four channels. Yeah. So there, were, there weren't as many distractions. And, and a lot of people do get their news through their phone or, you know, yeah, whatever. You, you, and you, they engage with the bits they're interested in more than the news generally. Yes. So here's, you know, things, it, yeah, it was more directed at you in mm. the old days. Like, you know, somebody would sifted through the stories and went, mm. here's the first story, mm. here's the second one, here's the third mm. one. Whereas now you've got your uh, the online stuff, which is mm. how I mean to be fair is how I get my news, because mm. in a way you're you've got a kind of a menu of stories to look at, mm. and you decide which ones interest you or don't mm. interest you, mm. and also just the kind of the drivel of the twenty four hour news, mm. you know the constant. Well, it's a repetition cycle, isn't yes. it? The hour is a cycle. So yes. you don't... 24-hour news doesn't actually say, here, we've got a story, and if it unfolds in real time, they stay with... Very rarely do they stay... Maybe if a monarch dies, or maybe if someone tries to, I don't know, overthrow the American <laughs> political system, they yeah. do tend to stick with the story. But generally, it's like reset every hour, isn't it? It's back to, back yeah. to the top mm. of the hour, back to the top of the... And... I think sometimes we lose in the miasma of all this stuff. We lose the actual thrust of an interesting little. Well, it's not really a little story, but it's the kind of story that does. Sit, it's like Grenfell. It sort of sits there, or Windrush. It sort of sits there, but doesn't get the ITV drama. <laughs> no. Yeah. You know, I'm yeah. waiting for the the big uh, drama about Baroness Moan. <laughs> <laughs> And let's see how appalled people can get that, because they seem to not be getting appalled by it so far. I don't know. Yeah. Oh, I just had a wonderful suggestion on a rival podcast that uh, mm. we should have a one-in, one-out for uh, the uh, the House of Lords, and we should remove uh, ah. Baronet, remove Baroness Moan and replace her with Alan Bates. <laughs> Lord <laughs> Alan Bates. It was very much the... Uh... Well, he's the, the central uh, main character in Mr. Bates versus the Post Office. Should we yeah. actually talk about the drama a bit? Yes, I, I think we should, yeah. So it's, yeah, I think the challenge that uh, Gwyneth Hughes took on was to mm. try and get this amazingly complicated story mm. into kind of four 50-minute episodes, mm. which had some incredibly diverse threads to it, because there's, the, mm. there's the sub-postmasters, mm. there's the fight in court, there's investigations... Mm. Mm. There's the post office and mm. Fujitsu as well. Mm. So mm. all these amazingly different threads mm. of the, the story. And there are, there are 500 stories, yes. 555 plus yes. stories yeah. being told as well. Yes. And to, to try and get that into mm. something that you can sit there and watch as a piece mm. of drama. Mm and that will engage you and entertain you. I think the interesting thing for me is that the yeah. the book the book is full of things that make you really frustrated and angry. You know, you sit there and you read that and you go, God, how did they get away with that? Why did they do that? Why did yeah. they do that? Mm -hmm. And I think the drama does very well at picking up those elements as so you do engage with it, but you do find yourself being furious on the behalf of these people. Now, yeah. you could argue that part of this is it's... It's a very Middle England, middle class story in mm. a lot of ways. These are the people who were involved in this were not 
the usual people you see involved in crime dramas. They're not no. the sort of people, you know, this is not urban violence. This no. is the sort of people who, you know, they make cakes for the Women's Institute yeah. or, or they or they join, you know, the Rotary Club. These are the kinds of folk who, who are councillors and all that kind of thing, yeah. suddenly getting embroiled in something that was not their fault. No. And getting basically prosecuted for it, even though... They maintained their innocence. Nobody was listening to that. There was just this fundamental... Now, you work in computing, but there was this fundamental assumption that computer systems never go wrong, which I know was a financial... There were financial reasons why they wanted to keep claiming that, but it's a bloody weird story. Yes. So, yeah, I mean, my... My background for the last uh, 20 years of my work... You haven't been on a helpline, have you said? I was... Well, I was... Yeah, I was I was an IT support, so mm. I used to get people coming to me with difficult IT problems. Mm. And the thing about the the customer in this one, like you know, the customer of the the companies that I worked for, is they would always be really beating on you, mm. you know, to get a good reliable system mm. and to be able to justify what you were. You know, any kind of figures and numbers you mm. come out in this one. So much time would be spent on reporting software. We used to mm. work with contact centres mm. and, you know, what was the average time, what was the number of calls coming in. Mm. And you would have to be able to kind of cross-check any kind mm. of figures that you would do. So if, if somebody said this number's wrong, mm. I would kind of troll through log files and troll through other databases mm. and say, yeah, this happened, this happened, this happened, this happened. Mm and piece it all together. And when things mm. went wrong, you would have to do some kind of uh, analysis on it. And the, the mm. customer would always be beating on you because they were representing the, their end users. And mm. what seemed to happen with the uh, with this post office one is that the the post office flipped to the other side and they were, mm. they were siding with their suppliers against mm. their their customers who were mm. the, the sub-postmasters. So, you know, I can't believe that such a massive IT system didn't have mm. proper kind support. of check, checks yeah. and balances and yeah. support. Yeah. You know, and if you keep on getting on faults, you mm. would have these fault logs and then if something keeps on happening, it would start appearing. you put two and two together, report. yeah. Yeah, and you'd have to kind of say, right, you know, this keeps on happening. Why mm. does it keep on happening? And you'd have mm. to kind of provide evidence of mm. kind of network or hardware or mm. user misoperation or mm. whatever but you'd mm. always have to to justify and you certainly didn't just go oh you're the only person who's having this this issue i mean the, the, one of the differences between what i used to do and what these ones are mm. uh i used to be dealing with people in contact centers so mm. you'd have a contact center with 100 people starting at 200 people Mm. And no way were they going to be told you're the only person having that problem mm. because they would immediately turn to the person beside him and go, mm. do you ever get that? And go, mm. yes, my computer stopped working. Mm. They'd all be saying it. Mm. Whereas if you've got a system here with however many, I forget however many thousand of subs, it's 30,000 sub-postmasters, mm. something like that. Mm. And they would At be... At the time. Yeah, yeah mm. they, they are not talking to each other, you know, because they, no. they're kind of distinct. It may be different in the new well, this was the, really the it was the early days of social media, wasn't it? So there was yeah. possibly less interaction, and also the demographic of the people involved maybe was slightly older and was less 
involved in this thing. What surprises me, though, is the, the nature of the contract, the contract that they had. I mean, the post office goes back to the 1600s, doesn't it? Yes. And it seems in many ways that their, <laughs> their approach to people... <laughs> Their approach to people was pretty much still stuck in the 16, yeah. 1600s. Mm. It's kind of, it's very odd, the nature of the contract that they had to sign if they ever got to see it, that basically yeah. said, you are guilty if anything is missing, it's your fault. And yeah. that feels very old-fashioned. It yeah. certainly feels like the sort of thing that maybe two centuries ago they would have been saying, mm. at the moment we'd have Australia full of <laughs> some postmasters because of the nature yeah. of of these their responses to it because there seems to have been and again we the the thing that fascinates me from the book is finding out that they actually are sort of independent of the police they have their own little police force yeah and mm -hmm. their own little police force seems to have been going into these things with the assumption that you were guilty before <laughs> before they even turned up yeah but I mean, I mean, you've got to accept that there will be examples of people with their fingers in the till it will have happened yeah there will have been some and it's almost like now there's a kind of assumption that oh we you know we can't just pardon everyone because then some people who'd done bad would have uh, would be getting well, what's away the with whole, it. The, the expression "it's better for one guilty man to go free than well, whichever way around it is." Yeah, it's, yeah, that's it. Then I mean that's the way it should be, but it seems to be the opposite way around in this one where mm. oh we might let somebody off with something, so we'll continue to punish. Mm. however many mm. innocent people that's the way they seem to be doing it but yeah i mean going back to the everything's your fault mm. unless you can prove otherwise that's okay if you've got if you're in charge of everything but if you're not you in charge of everything, everything. You yeah, check it. yeah if you're dependent on you're in charge of everything and this is the computer system you're going to mm. use i go mm, not sure about that <laughs> so there we go Anyway, but when it comes to the the drama itself, yes, some beautiful location works, Landudno, places you've been on holiday. That's the other <laughs> thing; it always feels very familiar. But it's kind of like you've got Toby Jones, who uh, is a popular actor from a series like Detectorists and what have you. Oh. So he's a well-known face, but possibly not necessarily. I don't know whether he's that well-known as a name as an actor. No. Uh, so you've got Toby Jones. You've got uh, Monica Dolan, who is is. Weirdly, she she turns up in a lot of um, like W one A and, and and comedy roles, but was also seems to have become uh, one of those actors who just turns up in a lot of them. She plays a lot of Welsh women. That's all I know. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Maybe, yeah. yeah I, th I think she's from the northeast because she oh, she fair was enough. yes seems to be getting some top actress or actor mm. sorry mm. Uh, and in some big things she was in the uh, the thief his wife and the canoe which was mm. on last year another similar mm. itv mini series about a kind mm. of uh, uh, <laughs> a, a, a new a story a real, that you're a not real life of. story that you wouldn't <laughs> believe Partially, <laughs> fewer uh, fewer people in this one mm. she was marion thorpe in a very english scandal mm. And she was also Rosemary West, I believe, in another thing. So she's kind of... Uh, uh, done a lot of this kind done of a lot, thing. Yeah. Obviously a, a, a safe pair of hands, we might say. Oh, yeah. So, and she, yeah um, she's one of these people who, you know, you you suddenly go, oh, wait a minute. <laughs> I have mm. seen her before in kind of mm. X, Y and Z. Mm. But yeah, she's kind of... It's a, a, Really good performance. I mean, both her and Toby Jones. In fact, should we just say everyone in it is quite mm. magnificent? I think you know. Maybe not Nadim Zahawi. 
<laughs> I thought his performance isn't. I think I preferred the uh, the version on the, in the uh, the TV drama. <laughs> and I, it's always nice to spot James Nochty. <laughs> <laughs> Still there, James? Thank you. Uh, yeah. Dear, yeah. And uh, yeah, Julie Hesman Hall, whose name mm. I can never pronounce. We'll just call her. Mm. We'll just call her Julie from now on. Who is mm. uh, again a very kind of. Uh, well-trusted mm. actress. But it's a very human story, isn't it? That, I, I think that's the fascinating thing about it. I mean, and, I mean, there's a lot of diversity as well because the people that... They did seem to prosecute without fear or favour. They basically went for everybody, didn't they? <laughs> yes. Yeah. You know. I mean, there is a bit of a, an assumption that they, uh, they were particularly hard on the Asian... Mm. Uh, ...sub-postmasters. Well, I see, this tells you something a little bit about human nature as much as anything i mean because ultimately (laughs) we are as people i think there is a certain amount of schadenfreude going on here you know this this sense that people like to see people brought down a peg or two people like to see pillars of the community suddenly exposed and and the truth of the matter is that a lot of these these stories in the local press got big coverage you know people's yeah. names were ruined and there were probably a lot of people who i mean you know there's a mention in the program about someone coming into the shop and spitting on the floor yeah but the, people would have got abuse because people we sometimes don't know everything that's going on and no. we and you just hear about these things and suddenly and suddenly you know oh that bloke he's he's i don't know i don't know how many <laughs> i don't know how many of them were ex magistrates or anything but it's the kind of thing <laughs> that people like to see people brought down a peg or two and it's and yeah. you know, if they if they've thrown you out of your shop or something the shop or something and, yeah. and of course the really worrying thing about this is one these people piled their life savings into these these businesses got yeah. it all taken away from them at the stroke of a of a pen and the fact is that if the computer was creating debt for them where did that money go the money in the end seems to have ended up in some sort of slush fund or sleeper fund or whatever you want to call that the place it ends up and been counted as profits and probably been paid to the shareholders yes or bonuses to the uh the kind of the, the the senior the senior management so where that money went is a, is a, a very interesting question. Yep. What do you think the... Um, I mean, I know you said you'd read the book and it made you angry. Yeah. When you watched the series, were you watching it from a obviously position of having read the book and knowing what goes on? But yeah. were you... Were there any particular moments in the, in the story that you thought the television version did particularly well? Uh, I thought the suicide thing was mm. particularly well done. I mean, it, it wasn't a... Uh, wasn't sensational. This it but wasn't it was... sensational. No, mm. we, uh, you know, the mental it... health issues certainly are, yeah. are, are are sensitively handled. I think. Yeah, and we didn't see the kind of uh, pregnant women going to prison stuff like that. Mm. You know, mm. uh, but yeah, it, it, it just the kind of I thought it got well the, the the Toby Jones bit. It just got this kind of persistent. Banging your head against a brick wall thing. Yeah, yeah. but yeah. he's you know he still he still keeps going. Mm. You know. Yeah. Which, Do you think uh, you would have yourself? Do you think you would have been that persistent over something? Do you think you would have just given up? <laughs> uh, yeah, I, 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 I think most of us wouldn't have. Yeah. Uh, you know, which is why so many people 
get away uh, with it. <laughs> got, well, so, no, I was like, why so many people kind of pleaded guilty to oh, mm. false accounting? Mm. You know, because it's just yes. like I can't, I can't argue mm. this. This I anymore. Haven't, I haven't got absolute bottomless amount of money I can keep to fight this. I know yeah. this is because it is a power corrupts situation, really, isn't yeah. it? When all said and done, and you know yeah. the, the fact, yeah, the fact that the post office were prepared to kind of mm. uh, sue is it Lee mm. Castleton, who's mm. the one who, you know, took them to court, took yes. them to court, and you know ended up having to pay. Three, but he's bankrupted by yeah, the bankrupted legal fees. Yeah, bankrupted by three hundred fifty thousand pounds of mm. legal costs for the post office. Do you think the outrage, though, that the viewers have been watching? Do you think there's any outrage at the what legal fees are? Yeah. <laughs> Because the amount that the is paid out in legal fees after the, all the thing, you know, you kind of think, why does the law cost this much? Because we we have this vague. I mean, there's a lot of uh, talk generally about how Britain, it's a fair legal system. You'll get a good, you'll get a good hearing and everything like that. It will be fair to you. And actually, it turns out within this particular story that that's not necessarily the case. And maybe our outrage also needs to be sort of slightly shifted towards the legal system and, and why it costs so much. Because yeah. I know that over the course of the last uh, 10, 15 years, hasn't legal aid been, access to legal aid has yeah. been mm-hmm. reduced, certainly. Yeah, and with the, you know, the recent case of uh, dear Baroness Moan, mm. who would just threaten to sue anyone, mm. you know, with her deep pockets, you know, mm. all kinds of minor stories and her immediate mm. reaction is like... Uh, get the lawyers to threaten to sue people. Well, talking of lawyers, of course, uh, Private Eye, (laughs) who famously always in court, (laughs) were covering this story pretty much from the outset, as indeed was Computer Weekly. I I, I think the the, the one thing that that bewildered me about the drama was how many of the sub-postmasters were reading Computer Weekly, but I imagine that's just for the sake of they would have been told... (laughs) Oh, have you yeah. read this kind Can of thing? So, yeah. I, I worked in the IT trade for 30 years and I never read it. <laughs> <laughs> but I wanted to read you the, the TVI in Private Eye number 1614 in January, mm-hmm. the TV review. Basically, the empathetically naturalistic acting led by Toby Jones and Monica Dolan as two victims who fought back is typical of British TV drama, as are the subtle period details across the 20 years the show covers. There is also, though, a quality rare on UK TV screens for a very long time, the level of vaulting anger in the scripts and in the viewers' hearts. That matters. In the four decades since the end of play for today, BBC 1970-1984, critics and dramatists have regularly called for the revival of its brand of politically engaged and enraged contemporary stories of the United Kingdom. Such work vanished due to a value-for-money shift from single plays to series, increasing fear at the BBC of the governments that set its funding and the economic logic of making fiction that sells abroad. In their different ways, The Crown and numerous dramas about child abuse, missing people and climate change are the product of this search for internationally relevant content. But Mr Bates versus The Post Office focuses on a very British scandal and not one that happened safely decades ago and has been fast-tracked to screen in case the various investigations and inquiries result in prosecutions. Forget the stuff about single plays. Writer Gwyneth Hughes needs four parts to do justice to the scale of state failure and shame. But in every other respect, these are plays for today. Do you feel that that's what happened to play for today? 
Uh, yes, I, I think so, because it's uh, the idea of people just being given a, a budget and, mm. uh, and a, like a, a storyline. Yeah, and a window. Mm. Go, and, go and make something that kind of mm. really you feel strongly about and it mm. engages you and there's a story that needs to be told. Mm. Isn't there? No, mm. I think that's that's kind of gone in play for today mm. in its various guises. Mm. You know, it's not there. I mean, the the, the, the classic one, and we'll no doubt uh, probably a good time to talk about it, is Cathy mm. Come Home. Yes. Which, well, again, that's, that's the tradition we were going to say. There aren't many TV shows that have actually changed things. You know, we, we can sit and natter about old telly till the cows come home and a lot of the stuff we're talking about you know it's it's enjoyable it's it's fascinating it's interesting but most of the time it doesn't necessarily actually have any impact on the real world this drama feels like it's already having an impact on the real world but you know there aren't many you can actually name are there throughout the sort of history of, no. of television there are a few but there aren't many yeah Cathy come home obviously made a change to the uh, the housing laws Mm. in this country which is quite mm. uh, quite an amazing thing mm. uh the other one which i think is worthy of mention is mm. hillsborough right yes of course which is another one of these big injustices mm. that we seemed incapable of resolving mm. through you know whatever for whatever reason and for whatever mm. powers, mm. but the uh, the drama in the was it the early two thousands that Jimmy mm. McGovern wrote, mm. which was kind of twelve years after the actual thing happened, the uh, event, you know, yeah. the, the event, and you know he put it into a a drama, which mm. I remember watching at the time, and it, it was pretty gruesome stuff, mm. but it, it kept it alive. Mm. You know, and it kept people being angry. So mm. it, you don't always have to have a you know a change directly mm. from one of these programs, mm. but it it raises awareness and gets mm. people uh, talking them, about it. Yeah, 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 gets them talking about it and gets the fire. Mm. There's certainly never been anything that's had a reaction quite as dramatic as this one. It's just like. Mm. There's no, there's no pressure. I think television, when it's certainly television drama, but television generally, when it's doing its job properly, engages with you enough to make you angry enough. Yeah, it does actually then somehow manage to make people aware. I mean, you know, the fascinating thing to me is that it's the same box in the corner of the room. Okay, now we watch it in various mm. different places. We watch it on phones. We watch it in, you know, the kitchen or whatever. But generally speaking, you've got the television. And people's relationship with the television is generally quite passive. Generally. Yeah. You know, we'll, we'll, we might like a series and we might track that down. But generally speaking, it's what's on. Let's have a look. You know, you know we, we don't necessarily get the... I mean, it's like if you like films, actually, you actually have to take a proactive approach to find the films that you might want to watch because the ones that are yeah. on the main channels are fairly familiar quite often. They're the mainstream films. But something like television occasionally makes a programme that actually makes people stop and think. And it's yeah. mm. it's a very rare thing. I mean, that you can put on a, I don't know, a party political broadcast... And most people just <laughs> hit the off switch or the mute button yeah. and they don't really engage with it. The news might come on, but, you know, you've got 
household things you might be eating your tea or whatever you're not necessarily engaging with it you shove a prime time drama on you know at a time when a lot of people you know the post christmas maybe haven't got a lot of money yeah. left they're not going anywhere they're not going out and actually make it about something that people care about and it yeah. it can change the world it's astonishing yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah and no no streaming service is ever going to do this mm. because it's not it's not kind of people watching it at the same time mm. uh, or very close together. Yes. Uh, because, like, you know, anyone in the UK could turn that on last week and watch mm. it. And anyone with the ITVX application, mm. which presumably is quite a lot of people, you know, mm. it's on people's tellies and stuff like that. You know, you don't need to have a subscription mm. for it. You don't need mm. to have signed up for it. It's just, mm. it's there. And you're all... But I mean, we don't live in an era now where, you know, a big rating for a show is 19 million or 20 million. No. We don't get those sort of numbers. I mean, a good, a well-made program yeah. or, or a good performing program is going to maybe get three or four million. It's not. Yeah. But mm -hmm. the point is that if it's actually interesting enough to get people talking, those three or four million might talk to another three or four yeah. million and say, have mm -hmm. you seen this? Have you seen that? And actually, I think sometimes... The fact is that if you've got three or four million voters actually, yeah. <laughs> actually saying this is unacceptable, yeah, finally someone's going to listen. I mean, it was interesting at the time how even the government had to leap on. I mean, every local news, uh, every local news outlet wanted to find their own postmaster story yes. that they could mm -hmm. put at the top of the news, but also the the government, you know, were eager to they were suddenly falling over themselves to yeah. actually say oh yes we care we're going to do something about this because it was popular because it was a, a thing that people were talking about and yeah. it's very rare for politicians i think in this day and age to actually engage with with the public in that way yeah. and yet they could sense hold on there's something happening here and people are upset about it you know because there's an awful lot that this drama tells us about the way the country's run, the attitude of, you know, these big corporations, if you like, that, that, that you are the little person, you don't matter. And somehow the fact that the, you know, various government departments ignored it for all these years, various yeah. investigative people didn't pay it much attention. And suddenly you think, I think one of the beauties of it is that you can genuinely genuinely say it's a grace of god thing you this could happen to you this kind of yeah. thing could happen to you because these people have this power mm. and when people see the the, the abuse of power they yeah. do suddenly go that's not right and i think it is fascinating that you know, we we sometimes get a bit blasé about britain and how we are a bit you know we aren't paying much attention but actually when something gets the british people really riled up they yeah. really do get riled up about something that they see as unfair and injustice yes. and that again is very it's not even on racial grounds or anything like that it's purely on the fact that this was unfair it was unfair to a lot of people i think yeah. it'd be fascinating if they actually made, made a drama about well no it wouldn't be fascinating at all the uh, about something like you know the stuff that's actually get, like Brexit or or the or the boats. You know you feel that somehow is this the only way you can engage with people anymore? You have to make it a drama. You have to stick a a, a very good actor at the centre that you are likely yeah. to care about because they've made dramas about the Yorkshire Ripper and they made and you know they don't 
click in the same way. No, I, I mean these 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 are very much for uh, these ones like the Savile stuff and things like that. It's mm. it's after the event. Yes, it? and it's all. Yeah, I mean, do you, yeah, because uh, you watched the Steve Coogan. Yeah, uh, I did. Yeah, I, I thought it was. It was. It's a very it's a very good drama, terrific. but it didn't yeah. get people screaming and shouting no. and. No. Uh, yeah, well, it's probably you know, a number of people on the uh, the Twitter sphere mm. uh, get upset about it, but it it yeah. like there's there's nothing you can, you know, the the bogeyman there is gone, you know. Yes. And you can try and hit out at the uh, the people, the people who, who might might have allowed it to happen. Enabled him. Yeah. But you know, in this one, uh, in the post office one, you know, it's like it's the post office. And yeah. and people have been dragging their feet for a long time yeah. on it, haven't they? And yeah. you know, without this drama, and politicians as well, you know, without this drama, they they would still be dragging their feet. You know, mm. if if that program hadn't been on uh, the other week, mm. do you think anything would have changed in the program? Well, it's a very good question. I mean, I do find myself thinking that if Alan Bates hadn't been quite so persistent. Yeah. Would any of it come come out? You know, yeah. would this this just be sitting there on the book, and the same thing would be going on? You yeah. know, there must have been a point at some point where somebody said, "Hold on, this this can't be right. We can't." I mean, what fascinates me about the book and what fascinates me about the story is you've got lots of people of previous good character who had to have previous good character to get the job in the first place. Yeah, and who. And it was their own business, so they you know, they were basically if they were stealing, they were stealing from themselves, and they'd have to pay it back themselves. Mm. It none of the logic of it makes yeah. sense, and yet nobody was asking those questions. And we yeah. do sort of wonder that is there a, a problem in the world where we just we let these things carry on because yeah. we just trust people who we shouldn't be trusting. Yeah, that that horrible phrase, protecting the brand. Mm. Well, <laughs> That's why you're not yeah. allowed to get a call things out but yeah i i do remember one of our uh, customer service managers who managed our one of the a bank bank name you would know if i said to you we'd have we'd mm. fault and mm. i was working on it and mm. she said the immortal ones right all right so uh, so what we'll tell the customer is this and you mm. go oh no that's not right mm. <laughs> you know we do have a fault here because mm. if you tell one lie mm. then you end up having to tell multiple mm. lies and then well there's a lot of people turning a blind eye wasn't there that's yeah, the, that's, that's the it, fascinating yeah. thing. again it's it, this sort of drama is, is telling us something about human nature as much as mm. anything you know we are we all sort of you know we don't want to rock the boat we're we're kind of quite happy to think that the people in charge know what they're doing and all that kind yes of thing. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, yeah. again, I mean, other dramas that, that have come up. I, I know you sent me a list earlier, but uh, the Who Bombed Birmingham. Um, yeah, I don't remember that one. No, I do remember In the Name of the Father, which was kind mm. of similar. Yeah, and yeah, I might need to go back and watch that Who Bombed Birmingham. Mm. Or if if I did watch it at the time, it's forgotten. I did actually mm. know one of the uh, one of the main policemen who was involved in that case. Mm. He worked for uh, he worked for one of the customers. It's interesting, though. I think, generally speaking, I think the more and more we learn over the years is that is that the cock-up theory of history is is alive and well. And you know, you kind of think. I mean, when it comes to anything like the uh, the Peter Sutcliffe dramas, you know, the fact is that because it was before 
computers were joined up in yeah. any kind of network he sort of slipped around the net and people people let people go people didn't you know I, again there's um there's a very good documentary which i can't remember was it called was it just a series about the police where there was a there was a, a rape complaint do you remember do you remember that and how that changed the way yeah. the police were dealing with those complaints yeah. because there was again this very powerful edit if you like i mean not edit i mean but the, the there was an interview in the middle of it that went out pretty much unexpurgated where the bullying nature of that situation mm. you know that situation just got repeated and repeated and repeated if you like and <laughs> and it opened a lot of people's eyes to how unacceptable that was if you yeah. like yeah, I don't. It's not one I remember at the time. That one, but yeah. I can't remember what year it was. Nineteen eighty-two. It was, but it it was genuinely, you know, this is. I mean, again, it's forty years ago now, but yeah. things changed because of it. Because, yes. and I think that again, but that's more documentary. Documentary used to be very good at doing that sort of thing. Yeah, and yet somehow, documentary again, it's lost its way in that sense. I think, actually, do you think as viewers, we just became more timid? I think sometimes, you know, there this nature of um, people complained to, you know, the complaints yeah. thing. Yeah. We've started to become more, uh, we don't like to see this stuff and, and, no. we, and we want the blinkers on. And, yeah. and when television takes the yeah. blinkers away, suddenly, you know, we actually do see the world for what it is. And sometimes yeah. we don't like it. But most of the time we go through life without being aware of these things. Yeah, I mean, as, as a lot of this kind of the the documentary thing is morphed into the reality mm. TV program and mm. the way you kind of can then manipulate things mm. to create a a drama rather mm. than a an actual mm. kind of cold collection of facts. Well, I've got to be honest. I've I, over the years I've been on and off have been fairly critical of the, should we say the worst kind of journalism yeah but i'm often reminded when i when i do have a <laughs> a bit of a rant is that the campaigning the, the pilgers the paul futs the yeah. the real dedicated investigative journalists yeah. who used to make those kinds of films yeah. are were to be admired really because they were doing you know they were doing the job of government what surprises me i mean like i say this this nick uh, wallace book and obviously the other journalists who've worked on the story as well over the years but i feel it's it almost almost feels on a par with the the watergate book you know the bernstein and woodward yes all the presidents bernstein and woodward yeah it almost feels on the same kind of it's you feel that the repercussions of this could keep the ripples could keep going out now yeah. because it's touching a lot of people because of the way we run things the way things yeah. have been allowed to be run by governments by corporations by the institutions if you like yeah over the yeah there are there are so many difficulties cropping up in other institutions now mm. and you actually think that if you actually unpeeled the onion <laughs> if you yeah. like started sort of scratching at the surface of these things a lot more of these kinds of stories might emerge maybe not yeah. quite so quite so intensely maybe with not quite so many consequences but no. the way people's lives are being ruined in in various jobs or very you know, the fact that you know what do you call them um public inquiries aren't happening or when they do happen people aren't being listened to no lots of these stories seem to be bubbling under but 
for yeah. a long time we feel like we've been very passive allowed yeah. to just let things oh they know what they're doing seems yeah. to have been the attitude you know they they're, they're better than, i mean <laughs> you know there are still this forelock tugging approach to the world where we yeah. we still feel somehow that they know better because they went to Oxford or Cambridge. Mm. They they know yeah. better because they're wealthy. I mean, we've we've found out more and more and more that the the wealthy seem to be the people who are comfortable. They seem they seem to basically be quite happy to let the status quo continue. Yeah. In the face of all the uh, evidence, shall we say? Yep. I think you're probably probably quite true on that one, Martin. Yep. Did you by the way? Did you watch the documentary that? ITV put on alongside the um, the show. I did, yes, yeah. And again, that one. What did you make of that? Uh, it was good, but in a way, it didn't have quite the the impact of the mm. the drama. Why do you think that would be? I mean, I, ITV seem to do this quite a lot, don't they? They've got a kind mm. of uh, they'll do a oh full, the true story the behind, tru- and yeah. a true story. And mm. quite often, the the true story is the is the more interesting one. Mm. But I think in this one, actually, the the drama was better because mm. possibly because it got more more time mm. to actually it got to the heart of it didn't it really yeah. i think that's the interesting I'd put it i mean into... my problem with these supporting documentaries although they are always quite fascinating the problem i have with them usually is that you spend a lot of time just going well he looks nothing like yeah <laughs> you, you, the character the actor imprints themselves it's, it's yes. like uh, being a i don't know baby duckling or something the, yeah. the character being played in the drama by the actor gets imprinted on you yeah. and somehow the the real people yeah. because mm. people the actual people being portrayed are just ordinary human beings who are not actors who are not yes. got scripts yeah. they somehow you sort of find yourself slightly <laughs> less empathetic yeah. Although the actual story itself, I mean, the, the documentary is very good. Yes. It's just, I suspect if they'd just put that documentary on, yeah. nothing would have changed. I think the power of drama to change things is yeah. astonishing. Mm-hmm. You know, when you think about films like The War Game, which were made back in the 60s, you know, yeah. the impact, they actually banned them <laughs> because they thought they'd be too, yeah. they'd be too uh, strong, which is, again is a, an interesting take. I kind of wonder... I don't think the BBC could have made Mr. Bates versus the Post Office. No. I think the independent nature of ITV, yes. mm-hmm. the independent part of ITV, actually yes. made that possible because the government would just... The Daily Mail would pounce on something yeah. like this. The government would pounce yeah. on it mm-hmm. because of the unique way the BBC is funded. Yes. <laughs> they would actually have, have said, mm-hmm. you can't make that. Mm-hmm. And yet ITV... I mean, I've not, you know, over the years, I've been a bit snotty about ITV dramas generally yeah. and, mm-hmm. and everything like that. But actually, I think they are now the channel that can make these yes. programmes in a way that somehow the national broadcaster seems to have its hands tied yeah, by right. various government action. They seem a bit cowed. Yes. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I don't think these kind of dramas... I mean, I don't think that's right. I think no. the BBC should be at the yeah. absolute front and centre of making this kind of drama. Mm-hmm. But they don't seem to be... They don't seem to be commissioning that kind of stuff at the no. moment. I may be no. completely wrong about that. There no. may be a yeah. whole raft Absolutely. of them in, yeah. the, in the works. But Yes, we shall see. Yeah, one thing that does occur to me in, the, mm. in why people get so... Or why the post office scandal has been so kind of has engaged people is that mm. if you do a lot of kind of political drama mm. uh, then people have got a side you know you meet you know you go oh there there we are they're like bashing bashing the Tories or bashing mm. Labour or something like that mm. 
we're very kind of confrontational and taking sides yes. and things these days. When it gets to a story like this, you don't have a side, do you? No. Well, you're on the side of the underdog, I think, yeah, as much as they, it, but the, under, the underdog really came from, the, you know, I, I don't suppose they were all Tory voters by any stretch of the imagination. And, of course, a lot of this started under the um, the Labour administration yeah. as well. So, you know, it's not partisan. I think I think the general, the, the injustice you see, I think that, whichever way it is, I mean, we seem to, again, as a nation, you start to worry that people have lost that empathy with the under, yeah. even, you know, mm. of being impartial. But actually, I think what this has sort of proved is that people do still respond to it. Yeah. Rightly or wrongly, I don't know. No. So anyway, I was going to say, thank you very much for lending me the book. I mean, I, I, like I say I was going to buy it anyway because I'd, I'd been meaning to buy it for a while. <laughs> But it's a fascinating read. It's a fascinating story. And, and you kind of can understand why it got made into a, a top notch yeah. and highly recommended drama that I think people, you know, if you've not had the chance to watch it, it's it's very much worth seeking out. I, mean, I, I can't imagine there's anybody who hasn't now, to be honest. Yeah, well, yeah, well I, full enough, I live with somebody who hasn't watched it yet. So ah. I, think, I think that's because I was basically spent a lot of daytime over the last few days just like watching it raging raging and watching it <laughs> watching it again and listen to podcasts about it and well you see i do this myself I, if i think something is going to be not something i'm in, interested i don't watch it you know and yet yeah. i think I, th I think that's again part of the battle that program makers have they've got to actually get across to people that this is an interesting enough topic for you to get annoyed about it. i mean yeah. i don't know i mean i mean if you run the trailer for this mm. you know, as, as a as a non-partisan mm. viewer if you didn't know any if you hadn't already read the book if you hadn't been reading private eye for 10 years and you just if that came on what would have made you really want to watch it i mean it's it's a fascinating thing purely from a nine o'clock drama itv timing you yeah. kind of think a lot of people would have gone, oh, that doesn't look very interesting. What is it that made it engaging, do you think? Yeah, I, I, well, I, I think it is as as soon as you you start watching it, you mm. are just engaged in the injustice it is, of That it. opening episode is very powerful. Isn't it? I mean, the, I, I actually think that the, yeah. the first the first two episodes particularly, I know the, yeah. the, the worst thing happens in the third one, mm. but... The first two episodes, when you see people's lives unraveling, it's yeah. very hard not to feel engaged with it. Isn't and and I, yeah, I, I did feel partly that you know I've read the book. Do I really need a a drama based on it? Mm. Uh, you know, can it live up to the mm. the scale and the scope mm. and the horror mm. and whatever uh, of the of the real life events? And mm. you know the the whole production mm. kind of did it in spades you know we mm. say credit to the writer any number of top-notch actors mm. showing the chops in it and mm. serving the material really well mm. really well structured mm. and, and the, the scary thing is like when you get to the end of it and you go well it's still going on because the people haven't mm. been paid their the compensation mm. you know there's how few people have been mm. pardoned mm. Or had some of their convictions quashed. Mm. You know, they're not getting pardoned. You know, it's like mm. your conviction should be quashed. And I don't understand. You know, we've had cases before of uh, people who've been found to have provided false evidence mm. in things. And then they just go, right, well, anyone who's been convicted on this dodgy expert's 
mm. evidence mm. should just have the conviction quashed. Mm. So anyone who's been convicted on the evidence of the mm. Horizon IT system mm. should have it quashed, you know, regardless mm. of if, if they pleaded mm. guilty or not. So mm. why is it still three years later, chundering along? Mm. You know, it should be sorted out. And if mm. uh, if the politicians decide to do mm. something about it, then that's mm. so much the better. Yeah. Although it does show the power of, you know, the tenacity of if you basically want to change things, you've got to do enough to make it an interesting ITV drama, I think, is, yeah. the, is the simple thing. You know, there's uh, there are, I mean, I, even now you start to see the narratives shifting to, well, it's the taxpayer that will pay for this. It, yeah. you, people, again, self-interest does always creep back into the thing. I've noticed now that the, um, what's the name? Paula Venels, wasn't it? Yeah. Paula Venels, who, who uh, has now decided... Yes, it's a very boo his And again, it's an interesting thing because, funnily enough, whilst it paints that, that lovely uh, post office postman pat, wasn't the post office a lovely... Um, I know they, <laughs> they are... I know uh, Royal Mail and is a separate company. Uh, yeah. But, uh, it's funny because you get adverts now and people are still going, well, I'm not buying me insurance from the post office. <laughs> They'll just nick me money and not pay me anything. It's an interesting thing that that, that destruction of the brand seems to have happened quite e very quickly, but quite yeah. easily. Mm. But also, you know, the image of the uh, Church of England vicar yeah. standing there mm. sort of pontificating. Lots of these institutions don't come out of this very well at all. The government doesn't, the, the no. religion doesn't, the post office doesn't. And no. in the end, I think, what well, you don't want to bring the whole house down, I'm not that kind of anarchist, but I think it's healthy that the country can look at a drama, see this, how it plays out, and actually say, no, that's not acceptable. I think that's yeah. healthy that mm. these things actually are coming in for that kind of scrutiny. It's Part of me thinks... It's about time, really. Yes, mm -hmm. absolutely. Well, thank you very much, Sandy, for spending that hour right. yattering thank to you. me about yeah. Mr. Bates versus the post office. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure it's uh, a topic that uh, maybe people think it's unusual for us to talk about. And maybe we have gone a bit off topic today. But I think anything that television, we, we talk about television and, and anything mm. that television can do that is so powerful is worthy of us talking about it. So thank you very much yep. for your time today, Sandy. Thank you take you care. Much. Thank you, Martin. Many thanks to Sandy McGregor for prompting this week's show. And we can only hope that justice will be served as soon as possible for everyone involved in this genuine national scandal. So that's it for another Vision on Sound for this week. My thanks to everyone at Fab Radio International for keeping their own technical issues from having too big an influence on everyone else. And of course, my thanks must also go out to all of you for listening. As ever, I have been Martin, and this has been Vision on Sound. Goodbye for now, and take care.